an ordinary day in Gotham City, an ordinary situation in an ordinary barbershop. Suddenly, something extraordinary. The Brave and the Bold presents You Only Die Twice. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Brave and the Bob. And I don't know how I pulled this off without a Dr. Doom appearance, but my friend, Professor Allen, is here from the Relatively Geeky Network. How are you, my friend? Hello, Mr. Licious, if that is indeed your name. Oh, absolutely. It says it right on my W-2. (laughs) (laughs) Billy, it is great to be on the network. Although this is my first time on this specific show, but uh, I am a faithful listener, just so you know. Well, it had to happen, and I appreciate the uh, the vote of confidence (laughs) here in listening. Uh, Yeah, it had to happen. I mean, Crazy Batman is the best Batman, in my opinion. I know everybody likes the, you know, the the Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams, and the Bat God of the uh, last 10 or 15, 20 years, but I prefer the insane Batman myself. How about you? (laughs) (laughs) Batman contains multitudes. This is one of the great lessons that I learned. I you know, Michael Bailey will will confirm this. We call it the uh, the uh, thirty seventy principle, which is to say, if you read Batman from the thirties to the seventies when you were a kid, if you had that hardcover, then you know it, true true for the Superman one as well. You learned that Batman comes in all shapes and sizes, and mm-hmm. you are you are you are prepared for anything. Because for those first 40 years, he was everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, this is a, this is a, a, a book uh, you picked uh, because you are a certain mark of a character who's uh, teaming up. Maybe we can say that in this issue. <laughs> the yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> So, yeah, we are going to be talking about The Brave and the Bold, number 90, from uh, cover date of June, July 1970. Uh, this one has a cover by Neil Adams here. So uh, I, I think this cover's kind of cool. What do you think of this cover? I like that it um, it sort of expresses what the story is going to be. It doesn't nec- it's, it's It's not an exact scene, but it is. Um, it, it, it is. It, it speaks to what happens. I think the skeleton figure is great, that beckoning, bony finger. Adam, Adam Strange, I think looks like his figure was cut and pasted there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like he and Batman are, are occupying the same physical space. Uh, he doesn't look quite right, quite right to me, uh, but it does have all the hallmarks of a crazy and dramatic story but as you were pointing out there's one major issue with this cover and you know spoilers but in Mm -hmm. the interest of truth in advertising (laughs) where it has adam strange's name there should be parentheses or no no even better an asterisk and at the bottom of the page it says editor's note sort of i mean kind of I mean, he's not in it a lot, but you know, <laughs> you know, they at least have that have that revelation uh, somewhere on the cover because uh, this is not a fifty. Is it? This is an eighty twenty situation between mm. these between these two characters. I think. Yeah, it almost looks like he's slipping on a banana peel here, Adam Strange on the cover. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that's his 
that is just coming into land uh, or, you know, or, uh, uh, you know, in, I mean, or his in outer space pose. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, Adam Strange sort of. I think it would have been better if instead of Batman and Adam Strange, it said Batman and Alfred or Batman and Commissioner <laughs> Gordon. You know, that would have been better on the cover. But, you know, again, it, it, it's like you said, other than Adam Strange's pose, it's a good cover. He's trying to, yes. it looks yes. like, stop Batman from running towards death as Batman is saying, out of my way, Adam, death is calling and nothing can change the future. So Batman's running towards uh, death here. And the, the, yeah, that, that death figure as, you know, Batman dies, true identity revealed as Bruce Wayne you know, in a newspaper. So it, it does hit some elements that are in the story, but it sort of amps it up and uh, almost distills it into one image. Mm-hmm. And then he has in, in, say, including the part of Adam Strange, not really fitting in. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that part is very cleverly represented on the cover. Yeah, and then uh, I've uh, I've mentioned this before on this show. Uh, the, the the my fo- one of my phobias here, one that makes me absolutely ill, is feet, and the bony foot is sticking oh, out the bottom. Lance. Oh, oh gross. Sorry, sorry, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of my last episodes, uh, I released. Uh, me and Ed Moore were talking about yes. something, and oh man. <laughs> So disgusting. <laughs> he got he got he got a good uh, good kick out of uh, my uh, my phobia there. <laughs> now, 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 since we're not going to have really a lot of opportunity to, to talk about him, <clears throat> uh, what is your Adam Strange history or story? I mean, I, I know you are you're a bit of a newcomer to DC Comics. You admit that. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you run across this fellow much before? Yes. So I do uh, love sci-fi. You know, that is something Uh, that I I absolutely love DC's sci-fi comics because a lot of their, I think they were more 50s, maybe even early 1960s stories got uh, reprinted in the Bronze Age. So I was able to buy, I don't know, maybe I have a dozen of them or so, and I am addicted to them. And some of them had Adam Strange in them. Some of them were just, you know, uh, no uh, central hero. Right. Just a crazy sci-fi, end of the world, you know, aliens kind of situations. And I absolutely love the character. Uh, you and I actually, I think, was it a year ago or two years ago now? You know, time is just, you know, not my friend anymore here. <laughs> the last two or three years have been a little Woo! sketchy for everybody, right? So at some point, you and I for Sci-Fi Month did talk some Adam Strange. I think it was two years ago, mm-hmm. but don't quote me. It may have been three. I think that's right. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, my, my story is, is, is uh, pretty similar. You know, when I was growing up, my aunt and my grandparents had houses next to each other on a lake in the Adirondacks, uh, mm-hmm. upstate New York. Yeah. And we would spend a few weeks up there every summer when I was growing up. And my aunt had a stack of comic books on her porch and the, they never changed. You know, my, my retroactive hypothesis <laughs> is that she must have went to a drugstore or used bookstore at some point and just grabbed again and. In my mind, it's like 100 comics. It was probably like 30 or 40. Still a pretty good selection. And, you know, just bought them once. And they stayed there for years. And a lot of those were some of those Bronze Age reprints you talked about, DC Superstars and and, and issues like that. And so Adam Strange, the Atomic Knights, (laughs) 
No, these are, you know, <laughs> in, in my mind, you know, Tommy Tomorrow, these are, these are critical elements of DC Comics <laughs> because I must have read, I don't know, 500 issues of that. No, wait, I read one issue 500 times. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> and yet there, and yet there, I mean, you know, 13, 14, 15, maybe. And uh, in terms of Adam Strange in, in particular, I mean, there were a number of those stories uh, that I read. I can't remember if he was a backup in somebody, but but somewhere I read a pretty good, pretty good chunk of his. And, you know, I had not had any actual romantic experience in my life, but I was gripped by the Adam Strange and Alana story, that romance across space. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is just a, that is such a compelling hook. Uh, to that character, and obviously, the guy's got a jetpack and a ray gun. What's not, what is not right. to like about this? <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, what an awesome '50s classic, golden age, silver age sci-fi look. Yeah, it is fantastic. Uh, the, the visual of Adam Strange is fantastic, and the story with you know the Zeta beam going back and forth. You know, he's not a permanent resident. Uh, in outer space but yeah that's a really good concept yeah really really enjoy it so i want to know though before we get too deep into this dive here you know uh the uh i'll go over the credits here real quick we have uh uh, writer zany bob haney of course and then uh, (laughs) Uh, pencils and inks by an art team that uh i don't know for some reason i i've seen more of their marvel work before i started getting into brave and the bold but before apparel comes on brave and the bold they did a lot of brave and the bold together the uh, our team of ross andrew and mike esposito and then we have john costanza on letters so why don't we start with uh mr bob haney here what uh What's your experience with him? <laughs> you know, it, it, it wasn't until I got into listening to podcasts so 15 years ago that I really started thinking about comics critically, you know, watching mm-hmm. you know, YouTube, YouTube reviewers uh, as well. And it was then that I really sort of out of coming back to comics as a quote unquote supposed adult that <laughs> uh, sort of. I became more and more aware of comics creators, including the zany one himself. Mm-hmm. And at Relatively Geeky, we do have a bit of a history with Bob Haney, actually, with the legendary Super Sons stories from World's Finest. If you haven't oh. gotten to them, Billy, mm-hmm. oh, oh. <laughs> Magnifique, that's all I can say. But M joined uh, Michael Bradley, who was podcasting at the time, back on his show to cover one of those. And then M covered another one on an episode of their legendary show, Uncovering the Bronze Age. And we're talking, again, eight, nine years ago, I'd say, probably. So Mm -hmm. we love Haney, appreciate Haney, and I would say that I recognize his demented genius. (laughs) <laughs> that's a good good way to put it he uh <laughs> yeah to me i i totally i was just talking uh within the last day or two of uh, this recording with someone on twitter and uh they had you know voiced something that you hear a lot about people you know that are long long time dc fans that they were kind of uh put off sometimes by his stories because the characters would do things they normally weren't doing in their home titles like you know batman acts Sure. Pretty wild, pretty pretty wild in Brave and the Bold. He says and does things he would not do in his own title. He would not do in Detective. So I get how that is. That would have annoyed you at the time, and maybe that stayed with you over the years. But again, me being you know, a newer DC reader, I'm not steeped in 40 or 50 years of 
DC comic book reading. And plus, I just have weird tastes. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. And, I mean, spoilers. There are parts of this story that I struggle with for that reason. So I'm, I'm, I suffer somewhat from that affliction, I will, I will admit. Okay, well, I'll try to therapeutically help you through it. <laughs> have, have you run across the Super Sons, or are you familiar with those? Or is that just I, something you have to look forward to? I think I've read possibly one issue. I know okay. of the the concept and the craziness, and I've. Uh, yeah. uh, I don't know if I have an archive edition or something. I think I have a trade there, where there was that, a trade it's in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, there was a trade that collected them specifically, <laughs> and also I'm sure there are in other ones as well. Yes. Well, good. Something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. World's finest. Uh, that is. Probably a very close second for me to the Brave and the Bold for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah Go- Gonzo stories. It yeah. really is. <laughs> I was just uh, reading one the other day in uh, preparation for the Checkered Past podcast. Guys, they mm-hmm. uh, uh, talked about a story. It was it was a, in a reprint uh, book during you know the checkerboard uh, era. Right. But I think it was from the late fifties or early sixties from World's Finest, where there was a uh, a caveman from uh, the planet Krypton that came that to makes uh, sense. I yeah, mean, if yeah. you think about it, just good science, Billy. Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure they had Neanderthals just like Earth there. Yep, sure. <laughs> now, before we get to this, I have to run by you my theory about Bob Haney, because okay. this this saves me feedback. I really appreciate you inviting me on, because this saves me <laughs> having to type this out and uh, email it to you, because I, I have a theory about where he gets his ideas from. And there's okay. no reason to believe this is true. I have no evidence, but it it actually is a real hunch of mine. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like all those Law and Order episodes or the CSIs that ripped from the headline idea. Oh, yeah. For Haney, I think sometimes it's ripped from the almanac, ripped from the encyclopedia, ripped from pop culture, ripped from Life magazine. Because mm-hmm. I really think there are times, maybe not every time, but many times you can sort of reverse engineer and figure out the origin part, you know, from where all the wackiness springs. And they give you a couple of examples. One is one that you and Ed Moore covered a little while back, the first Teen Titan story, okay. which yeah. is bonkers. Mm-hmm. Mr. Twister. You remember Mr. Twister? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 54. But, yep. But, uh, my hypothesis is that Haney read somewhere that carrier pigeons had become extinct. If you remember, that was mm-hmm. a bizarre little plot point. <laughs> I think he read that and said, I can do something with that. Yep. I, I really, I think like something like that is the weird starting point. And then it just, he turns that into you know, sort of, how can I integrate that weird fact into, I don't know, the strangest comic book story of all time. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, mm-hmm. or an, an, another one I covered, and, 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 and it's when I got two of these that I think, okay, there actually might be a, an actual theory here. Uh, I covered on Back to the Bins uh, earlier this year. Uh, Paul Spatero and I discussed Brave and the Bold 133, which is a dead man team up. Mm, love it. And it it turned on. Well, first off, by the way, <sighs> Dead Man inhabits a portrait. I mean, come on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say anything else. (laughs) But, but the plot of that story uh, uh, turns on international waters, you know, being three miles out from shore. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure he heard that somewhere. He read that somewhere that, you know, there's no jurisdiction three miles out. Boom, I'm going to make a story around that weird factoid because he he does sometimes drop in these weird, weird elements like that, that almost tethered to reality, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sometimes it's just, it's just, it might be, you know, it's pop culture or something else, but it's weird that sometimes you can sort of, okay, I, I, I think I can tell where this started at least. There's no telling where it went, of course, that 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 you can never predict. But but that's sort of my game now with a Bob Haney story. See if I can figure out what the first what the first uh, uh, inspiration was, because and, and it's like um, it's it's like that 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 twit versation uh, that you had a few days ago, because Haney is is he's just an idea guy. Mm-hmm. He's just a story guy. So I'm always assuming that's where he starts because he ain't a character guy. Mm-hmm. He certainly ain't a continuity guy, right? Mm-mm. Nope. So it's it's always it's got to be some element of the story that that get gets the imagination going. So that's sort of my 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 fun game now is is if you can figure out where what the starting element may have been. Yeah, one of my most recent recordings, which, you know, will be out by the time this is heard, uh, so I can just talk about it just very briefly here. I don't want to give it away, but my guest was like, you know, I think I know where he got this from. And <laughs> it was a, oh, a, 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 Mon- a Monty Python thing. And I thought, right. oh, yeah. So I think that's definitely a lot of uh, pop culture-ish or, like you said, not news headlines like, you know, Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams. Right. Not, not that, but just... There, what, it could be just one or two obscure things said in a in an article in you know a newspaper or Time magazine or something, and he would either use that as the basis or that would come become a plot point in his right. stories. You, yeah, you can really so. see it. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> I mean, so I mean, so here I imagine this is the James Bond flick, right? You only live twice. Oh, absolutely. So, <laughs> which was a couple of years before. He said, "Okay, well, what if I change that to you only die twice?" It's like now, now that's my challenge is how am I going to make that make sense in a story? And then we can argue whether he does or not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, and I don't think uh, robbing uh, that that name sounds great. That's a cool sounding name. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't think it's uh, mutually exclusive to Haney. Uh, I'll just say that's before anybody gets crazy with me that they grab uh, plot points from movies, TV shows, whatever. I just literally earlier today, I was uh, having a recording about something and, I read the panels. There were three panels that consecutively went across the middle of the page. And I thought to myself, wait a minute. This is literally almost word for word a scene from The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you in on that after we're done recording here. Oh, but that's I, amazing. I, I, yeah, I couldn't that's believe it. That's amazing. Like, what? And it was a Len Wein uh, scripted book. So that could be anything, you know, DC, right. Marvel, whatever. But I was like, Len, he literally just cribbed that from the Wizard of Oz. Like, holy crap. Like, And it stuck out like a sore thumb to me because my wife, that's her favorite movie. Oh, She's a great. huge fan. So I've seen it many times. And 
I'm always trying to buy like ephemera to uh, give her as a gift because she loves the Wizard of Oz. But I was like, that just he stole that. He had to. Have. <laughs> well, one of our one of our uh, uh, ongoing slogans over at Relatively Geeky is talent borrows, genius steals. Mm-hmm. Yep. And th- this is that is that that is a legitimate part of the creative process. Mm-hmm. So that that is when I say things like that, it is not a a criticism or a or a you know a claim of legal liability or anything like that. Of course, we're just talking about where inspiration comes from. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, if you're a creative person, especially if you have to churn out multiple stories a month, you take that inspiration wherever it comes from. Ain't, ain't nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you need to eat, you'll you'll, you'll get your ideas from anywhere. <laughs> I, it's, uh, ideas, I mean, if you want to get legal, ideas cannot be copyrighted. Titles cannot be copyrighted. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So again, no, I, I throw no stones at Bob. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> All right, well, if you're ready to dive into this guy, I will do a quick little synopsis here from DC Fandom because I'm lazy and uh, that's the, the easiest way to do things is crib cr- 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 somebody else's work, but I'm giving them full credit. <clears throat> Even though they have made me look like a fool a few times because whoever is typing them out sometimes is uh, obviously these aren't proofread. So I, I need to start proofreading these, but I did just proofread this one. It's, it's, it's not bad. <laughs> no real gr- huge grammatical errors or spelling errors. So, all right, here we go. So uh, you only die twice. After a near-death experience, Batman is visited by Adam Strange, who explains to him that after a freak accident involving the Zeta Beam, Adam was transported to Earth at some time in the future and found Batman's obituary. However, as Adam grabbed for the newspaper, he was transported back to modern-day Ram, only taking part of the obituary with him, so that the year of Batman's death is unknown. Giving this information to Batman leads the Cape Crusader to become paranoid of his upcoming, I'm sorry, his coming demise, and leaves Earth, and then he leaves Earth with Adam Strange in the middle of solving a crime with a contracting scheme and a gentleman named Mike Morrison. However, when viewing Gotham City via a machine on RAN, Batman observes Alfred being taken hostage by the mob over gambling debts. Snapping out of his paranoia, Batman returns to Earth with Adam Strange and the duo travel to Liberty Island where they rescue Alfred and break up the crime syndicate. Batman finally resolves that he will no longer run from his fated demise, whatever and wherever that may be. (laughs) So, okay. (laughs) <laughs> let's 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 get into the nitty gritty here um and so, the nitty gritty is even stranger than that mm-hmm, yeah so i love <laughs> absolutely love the insanity of how this uh this comic book starts out here so why don't you talk about this first scene here uh, i mean you've got batman <laughs> you it, it takes place in a barbershop and the guy with the machine gun comes up behind the gangsters gonna blow him away and then from the barber chair next door, mm. Batman mm. throws off the sheet that he was. I mean, was he there? I mean, did did he have a barber working on him? Or I guess that was part of this whole setup. I guess it it took me a while to make sense of this page, and I'm not sure I have. <laughs> well, yeah, Batman is under. He, he almost looks like a corpse. Like I get it when you go to a barber shop. Sometimes back in the day, they'd put a hot towel around your face. So I get that, but it's a there's a blanket over his whole body, like he's a yeah. cadaver. And he jumps up, 
And uh, the guy with the machine gun says, Batman and Batman in the process of getting up. Meanwhile, the blanket is still all the way up to his chest. Somehow looks like he got his utility belt off. And he's <laughs> grabbing the machine gun. What? And then in the next scene, and then the, another and guy with, with, with the machine yeah, gun but, is shooting him. Yeah. And the belt's back on. <laughs> quick, he's, he's, a, he's a quick change artist. Yeah. I mean, and then <laughs> I mean, do you think uh, do you think Andrew and Esposito, you know, they come over, like you said, from working at working at Marvel, you know, theoretically probably doing sort of the Marvel method sort of thing where they have, you know, some some control in the storytelling in in in, in the plotting. And then they get this script. I mean, mm. what can you make of this? <laughs> this is not what you're used to. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you, you need to allow sometimes artists when they are drawing a Haney story, you need to give them a little liberty that some all the things might not always marry up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do your best. We're, we're, we're not going to hold hold it against you. OK, no. I'm sure DC was like, look, it has Batman on the cover. It'll sell. Let's go. Let's <laughs> get it out there. <laughs> but then when you flip to page two, Batman's clobber and the guy that just shot him. And there's a giant brush flying through the air, a bunch of smashed glass and hair tonic. <laughs> this is fantastic. But despite the fact that he was able to lay this guy out with a punch. He's been shot. He's dead. Jim Gordon. No pulse. Batman. No respiration. Dead. <laughs> He's dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, what did the guy say? Uh, Batman. Uh, Gordon says, "Batman dead, but Doctor, it can't be. There's not a mark on him." And the doctor says, "A Thompson submachine gun slug, <laughs> ricocheting <laughs> off bone and muscle, delivers a pulverizing blow to the heart, Commissioner. Instant and total shock to the old pump. Happens to fighters With- when they absorb a body attack. What? Without a mark?" Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, so the bullet went into him, bounced around his body, no blood, no no mark in the co- There's no tear in the costume. Yeah, who is this there's quack? Not, <laughs> what is happening here? Mm-hmm. No pulse, no respiration, lack of reflex action. I'm afraid he's gone. And Gordon flips his lid here. He even gets you know on the, on the bottom of page two there. He even gets a couple of you know the. The the sob like I love mm-hmm. choke ch- choke and sob and we get a couple of sobs from him here as uh, the, uh, the 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 paparazzi is here to uh, cover this and it's tough you know he you know was it it seems like he was there to protect the mobster mm-hmm. in the in, in the barber chair next to him so that must have been all part of the plan yeah so one of the things Gordon is upset about you know. Uh, Killed protecting the life of a notorious hood and gambler. Oh, did I ever live to see this awful day? It was probably his whole plan, too, Gordon. So this is on his hand. Yeah, it could be. Could be. The crushing guilt as well. This reporter Gibbs. Wow, it is him. I got the story of the year, the decade. Anti-crime crusade brings Batman's finish. And Gordon has his hand to his face and says, sure, go write it, Gibbs. Tell Gotham his guardian is gone. Tell him, sob. The jungle one. <laughs> wow, fantastic! But we're gonna we're gonna get some even better dialogue as we uh, uh, advance forward in this story here. That's good. But there's there's better to be had. Don't worry, <laughs> Gordon. Tell all the grifters and goons <laughs> that wanted him dead that they've won too. Tell them. 
And Gibbs kind of pauses and looks back and says, I'm sorry, Commissioner. I just never thought I'd be writing his obit someday. I wonder what Batman's place in history will be. And as they're putting the gurney into the uh, back of the, it's a police car, by the way. Shouldn't it say ambulance? Eh. Somebody's fired. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. It it does look more like the paddy wagon. He's in there with some drunks and some bums and. He's going and, to the drunk tank. Batman. Exactly. <laughs> but then what do you make of this next panel here where we see Batman? Uh, I guess he's not quite, you know, in the realm of uh, the beyond yet. He's he's in between here. Now, I, I, I don't want to get too darkness to light on your show, Billy. But I wonder, is that tunnel that Batman is 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 wandering down as as he approaches the light? Is that where the voice dwells, the being that directs the specter? I mean, I want to know where does Haney fit in this version of the near-death experience into the greater DC cosmology? That's what I want. Mm, I I mean, (laughs) and that's if he's going to the good place. Maybe Batman's not going to the good place. Whoa, whoa, (laughs) whoa. But how about this kooky doctor then looking at Batman's face? Because we have a close-up, like, almost up his nostrils here. And, and Batman says, Obit, history. The doctor, he moved his lips. This man saw his life. Get us to the hospital fast. And the doctor has a really Frankensteinian Dr. Frankenstein look <laughs> on his face. So I thought, uh-oh, was he going to cut him up or what? <laughs> mm. he, he was just almost dead. Yeah. Then Gordon, like, jumping for joy here in the middle of the street. Batman, he's going to live. Tear up your story, Gibbs. Woo-wee! <laughs> what? Oh, my gosh. You hear that, Gotham? Batman will live. Gordon, man, he's, like, tripping out here. And then it's, it's you know, it's a very, very subtle uh, little phrasing, but the bottom of page three, the last panel, it says, sometime later. Mm-hmm. Sometime later? So how long has, has, has Gotham been running free without a Batman? Even yeah. though he's not dead, he is recovering from a very serious, although it did not leave a mark. A life, life-threatening <laughs> Near injury. Near-death gunshot wound. Yeah. He's, in a hospital. He, he, he's in a wheelchair sometime yeah. later. And Days, we know, weeks, months. And we know why Gordon's upset and like a little like nervous, probably, because he can't do his job. So Batman <laughs> has to do it for him. So that's why Gordon's like probably like sweating this out. But yeah, this is great. Batman, or I'm sorry, uh, Bruce in a wheelchair. And uh, Alfred is wheeling him out onto a balcony at a plush penthouse. And it Mm -hmm. says, he says, Alfred, you've nursed me better than any doctor or hospital could have. And he says, my extreme pleasure, sir. If your life had ended, then so would have mine. And he says, thank you, old friend. Now excuse me, but I'd like to be alone. He's like, get lost. Like, And and I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that that old friend was serious. That may have been sarcastic because Alfred just basically said, you're a money train. And if <laughs> if this is the greatest job, I mean, I know you ask me to do some crazy things sometimes, but you know he's paid well. I mean, mm-hmm. Alfie is compensated for his for his hard work here. And you know, you know, if that bullet's a half inch either direction, you know, our man's looking for job. <laughs> I mean, he's mm. he's lo- looking for work and and you know, he's 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 not gonna find a He's not going to find a job this cush. I'm just saying. Yeah, and then he thinks to himself on uh, page four, look at him. 
he's grown old in my service and <laughs> and dicks away at college almost a grown man well i'm not getting any younger myself and he says yeah that was a close call reminds me someday there will be no batman and no bruce wayne and whether i die in bed or from a gunman's bullet and he goes ed gibbs words the words that pulled me back from the brink of eternity keep haunting me just what will my place in history be so he's thinking about his legacy here i'm like okay like I think I think about it for a minute or two, but like it starts to drive him a little nutty here, doesn't it? Well, I mean, but the ironic thing is we actually do know his place in history. We have an entire comic book company named after him. Mm-hmm. Detective Comics. So that's a pretty good that's a pretty good legacy. I'm just saying. Yeah, he's doing <laughs> all right. <laughs> but then uh, you know, uh a few days later in the byways of Gotham. So within just a few days and a few days, he went from almost dead to he's back in costume and creeping around Gotham here and runs into his buddy, Adam strange. Right. But in this, uh, in this uh, intro panel where they're meeting, it says no Bruce parentheses, Batman Wayne. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Who needs that? Especially Mm -hmm. on page four of this story. Mm-hmm. Who needs and it, Bruce parentheses Batman Wayne? I, 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 what, what, did they did they not have space to fill that? You know that 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 box was that already shaped and the letterer realized there were going to be a few letters short. I, I, why is that there, Billy? Yeah, and at this point, Batman's been around for you know over thirty years and been on television. I think we know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's on page four of this story where we've had both Batman and Bruce Wayne talking about the same injury. This is mm-hmm. not breaking news. Mm, who's the letter? They're fired. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, yeah, but I, 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 I do have to say, I really identify with Adam Strange here because he was at a uh, uh, archaeological symposium mm-hmm. and you know, zipped over via Zeta Beam. Uh, but he has to get back. And again, I really identify with that because there is an academic conference in Boston that I'm shooting for uh, later in the year. But the main thing I'm working on is trying to figure out how I'm going to be able to spend some time with Dr. Ange and Jeremiah, Chris Tyler, all my geeky, nerdy buddies in New England while I'm at an academic conference. Now, if I could, so, you know, if, 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 if I could pull this off, the Zeta beam, zoom me out of my conference, you know, over to a restaurant, hang out with the guys, zip back to the conference. That would be awesome. Mm, uh, hopefully the technology will be available for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, if I could schedule a Zeta beam to hit me during a faculty meeting, that would be pretty awesome too. I mean, just... You know, let me ask you this, Billy. Does where in your life, where in your in your day in your week, would you not mind getting hit with a Zeta beam? I mean, what's uh, the thing you wish you could get out of? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> every day from the start and finish to work, yeah, zip right out of there. <laughs> uh, right now, while I'm recording this, no, come on, Billy, come on. <laughs> well, Alana, if you're listening, help, please help. <laughs> Mm, but yeah, so yeah, we have Adam here and he he tells Bruce, you know, aka Batman Wayne that uh, <laughs> you know, he's he's got this uh, obituary from the future. And again, this is one of the things the uh 
the the Haney haters will point out, uh, it's 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 obvious. Adam Strange knows Bruce Wayne is Batman, right? Yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> on earth b yeah apparently yeah. he does everybody yeah. does except the bad guys <laughs> mm, but yeah he tells them like you know here's this little piece of paper and it shows you know like exactly what it showed on the cover batman dies controversial crime fighter passes from scene and then it says bruce wayne dies revealed as batman's true identity which you know does he really need to die for people to figure that out because <laughs> batman just got shot was in the hospital bruce wayne disappeared for the exact same amount of time like i don't know the um you know this this scene where where he gets this newspaper and obviously adam strange could not have been sent too far into the future mm-hmm. because they still have actual newspapers and actual newsstands mm-hmm. and it says uh, 19 something yeah, so. yeah, so couldn't have been sent too far in the future. Otherwise, this would have been, you know, this Wikipedia page that I saw shows that <laughs> it's actually a newspaper. That's right, he stays in, he, he stays in the, current, the current millennium, at least. And this piece of paper really, he wigs out. Like, he can't, he just starts reading it and keeps, you know, monologuing to himself about what's going to happen and my reputation's going to be tarnished and I'm going to die. And he, he almost gets run over by a truck. He just like walks by a bunch of passerbys in the street. He's just walking around Gotham randomly here, just walking around <laughs> randomly. And people are looking like, what's this weirdo's problem? He almost falls into uh looks like a, a, a trench here. They're digging for like water That's pipes right. or sewer pipes or something. He just barely steps over that. But yeah, he really is like wigging out about this. Like it's really, you would think the Batman This uh, not only is he the biggest, you know, uh, physical specimen running around planet earth, He's got all this mental acumen here. Well, apparently it's not helping him now because this little piece of paper from the future has him like wetting his pants here. I mean, first off, I just, I, 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 I just think Haney was really stretching here because you've got someone walking around in broad daylight, <laughs> holding something in their hand, not paying attention to where they're walking. I just, I just don't see that, Billy. I just cannot. Co- oh, wait a minute. That was pathetic. <laughs> okay, okay. Any, Haney nailed this one. He anybody, nailed this fact. Anyone but Batman could definitely fall prey to this. <laughs> but in this comic, only Batman does. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and, what, and also, I'm, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm thinking of you know, depressed Batman. I guess this was Tom King's inspiration for some of his superhero work. (laughs) (laughs) Focusing on characters with emotional issues. I think, I think maybe that's where we're, where we're seeing a weird, uh, weird influence as well. And uh, I think it's also important to mention here that, uh, like I said, you know, Adam, Adam does, uh, you know, head back to his academic conference, which is, which is very good. He does unfortunately disappear from the story for the next seven pages, (laughs) <laughs> because he's not really in it that much <laughs> yeah this is this isn't really a team up it's just basically let's throw adam strange on the cover and his name out there to try to get the sci-fi readers over here and mm-hmm. and that's and that and that's about it but <laughs> i'm surprised the letterer didn't say and then adam parentheses adam strange strange <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah, he he totally disappears, and then uh, Batman gets 
uh, yanked into a, a dark alleyway here. And again, this is the, you know, the Dark Knight detective, the masked manhunter, just wandering around, you know, wallowing in self-pity over something that might happen in 35 years or something. Gets grabbed by the scruff of his neck and pulled into an alleyway by Mike Morrison. And I'm thinking... Who's that? They make it sound like we should know who this is. Like it's like it's like a brand new character. It's a one-time appearance, but no, you don't, fella. And he's like, right, a karate chopped a guy, and he goes, huh? Mike, Mike Morrison. Why? Why is one of Gotham's leading citizens yanking people in the dark alleyways? <laughs> I mean, he is so depressed. He is so disconsolate that some dude gets the drop on him. It's a, it's a Batman totally off his game. <laughs> yeah, and then he explains to Batman that uh, he says uh, he's after being hunted by killers. The same syndicate you protected, Big John Jarrett. So the guy from the barber shop is trying to kill him, supposedly. And he goes, uh, he says, he double-crossed him. He goes, how did a guy like you get mixed up with gangsters? And he says, I made a stupid mistake, signed a contract with Fontana Enterprises, a front the syndicate uses to move in on legitimate businesses. So here we go. Batman's like, oh, don't worry. You know, my, my new best friend, Mike, I'll help you out. <laughs> I uh, mean, the, the, I mean, the thing about Mike, I mean, Mike just better be glad that this was the 1970s because uh-huh. by the mid 80s, if someone sneaked up on Batman like this, that guy would find himself hanging from his ankles off a rooftop rooftop gargoyle. So uh-huh. he just better be glad this is the 70s and. Or, or if it was the golden age, he would have shot the guy, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this, this is the perfect sweet spot for Mike Morrison. Otherwise, it would not go this well. And as they just start uh, blindly walking around Gotham, too, as if they have not a care in the world, somebody takes a shot at this guy, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. That's kind of a little bogus. And Mike, look out. And he pushes him down. And all of a sudden, he's like, see what I told you? You know, you got to help me. I have a wife and this and that. He goes, Mike, you're a fool, but decent. I'll try to fix things. So here's Batman's way of fixing things. It says, not long after, in the offices of Brian T. Fassett, attorney for Fontana Enterprises, uh, he's like creeping in a window. And it happens to be, you know, the offices of the lawyer for the, the hoods. And he's right there. And he goes, well, well, breaking and entering. You could get three to five years for that, Batman. And he says, none of your stale lawyer jokes, Fassett. I'm here about Mike Morrison. I don't, they, think, I don't think that was a joke. No. I, I think he was actually saying, you know, you could get through to five years for this. Yeah, I've, 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 I've got a feeling neither Batman nor Bruce Wayne, I, I don't think they're particularly fond of attorneys. I'm just, I'm just guessing this. No, no, not at all. And this guy and Batman go back and forth. And, you know, Batman kind of says to him, like, hey, lay off of uh, Mike, my, you know, my BFF, Mike Morrison. <laughs> and, and the lawyer guy says, okay, sure, Batman. But, you know, I need your word that you'll lay off of, you know, uh, the, the, the hoods here. You know, you'll, you and your buddy Gordon will lay off of us for uh, at least a week. And Batman agrees to this. <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 like, I like a few panels before that. You know, the guy says, he signed a legitimate deal. It'll stand up in court. Batman says, yeah, I'll bet you made sure of that. <laughs> yes, that's his job, Batman. <laughs> It's called doing your due diligence. Make make sure the agreements are legal. Look, I'm not saying I'm not saying this guy's totally on the up and up, but he hasn't pulled a crime in this case. Mm -mm. No, it's called due diligence, Batman. Yeah, I mean, this is like those. (laughs) It's kind of like those check cashing places 
It's not <laughs> illegal. It's just kind of shaky and unsavory, but mm-hmm. not illegal. <laughs> oh, Batman, what are you doing? Well, they have one of those check cashing places on every corner in Gotham. Exactly, exactly. And so Batman figures, well, okay, I'll just make a deal with the mob lawyer. <laughs> what? Mm. What is happening here? Oh, I don't know, but it's fantastic because it takes all two days <laughs> for this to blow up in Batman's face. So <laughs> I do love that. I do, I do love that finally he <laughs> is getting some consequences from his own actions. Yeah, he doesn't have a, uh, one up on the crooks. They have it on him. So apparently all that was like a big ruse, and they were recording Batman. So two days later, Mike Morrison arrested. Why, Commissioner? And Gordon, don't pretend innocence, Batman. You know what's going on. And he says, what? Facet exposed the whole story, but that wasn't part of the deal. So you admit you made a deal. And on the <laughs> Gotham Times, contract scandal, leading businessman jailed. Batman plays footsie with crime. I don't, can't, you can't make out that other word there, but it says crime something to shield friend. <laughs> That's Man, I mean, maybe he should have chatted with Gordon about this first, huh? Maybe? Just maybe? You Sheesh. think? Yeah, or go to somewhere, not the lawyer's own office, like, hey, meet <laughs> meet me at a coffee shop or something. Like, geez. Let's, so, uh, why don't we have a negotiation with you hanging by your ankles from a rooftop gargoyle? That seems to be Batman's MO these days. Mm-hmm. But and he then, goes, oh, no, you, you, you have to allow me. Oh, yeah. Because the top of page 11 is the quote of the issue. Mm-hmm. You loathsome trickster. You should be... Disbarred. Disbarred? <laughs> I mean, again, the, the disbarred, job. again, is kind of quaint. Again, it's hanging from his from a rooftop gargoyle by his ankles is what should be happening to this guy, not you'll be disbarred. Well, the, aye, the aye, back, aye. Yeah, the back and forth between him and Gordon is great. He says, he does, he admits to Gordon, he goes, sure, I did it to save poor Mike, but the syndicate's sacrificing their company why? Why? And he goes, to get you, they'd do anything, you soft-hearted blind fool. <laughs> Facet's got a tape recording and two witnesses of your little chat together. And then it shows Batman there on page 10. He's like sitting in a chair, like slumped down with his hand, you know, on the side of his head like, uh-oh, oh, I screwed up. No. Like, I screwed up. It's the kind of way I sit down when I screw up at my house. And I know it's it's, it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Un- Believable, and he's so many. So, I mean, this is you know, they say you know, hurt people hurt people, and I think here we see that. So, in the cycle of of uh, of uh, abuse here, mm-hmm. you know, he is his feelings are very hurt by Gordon. He yeah. takes it out on Alfred at the bottom of page eleven. <laughs> he is so messed up. He snaps. He snaps at Alfred. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Spying on me? I want to be alone. <laughs> Sorry, sir. I was just closing the blind. <laughs> I mean, this uh, this trying to avoid his fate, this obituary thing, it has got him all kinds of messed up. Yeah, and punching the lawyer like right out in broad daylight in front of everybody. <laughs> you know, a guy's taking a photo of him doing it. Gordon's in the background with his hands on his head, like, "Oh no, like oh, Mamma no. Mia!" <laughs> and it doesn't take too long. And Batman is in court in the following days, and there's an attorney that says, "Batman, this committee concludes you have cooperated with the crime combine that is strangling our state." And Batman says, "Mr. Chairman, I can only say 
I was trying to help a friend. It's like uh, Batman. If you commit a crime, that doesn't matter if you were trying to help a friend. It's still a crime. I'm almost certain that is not a legitimate legal defense. (laughs) And and I I am kind of confused by this page, the language here, because this is a committee, quote unquote. It's the city council who's doing the investigating, but there's also a judge who's finding him guilty at the same time. I'm I don't know if Haney has ever heard of the separation of powers. <laughs> this is a confusing page in terms of the details of exactly what's happening there. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, though, this would have been the perfect time for DC to get in like a little shot on Marvel here. Batman should have had like a blind lawyer with sunglasses and a cane. <laughs> And he could have, you know, he could have been trying to get him off here. That would have been great. <laughs> Come on, Haney. He wasn't reading any Marvel, I guess. <laughs> so, um, also, maybe this is explained. I mean, this has to be explained later. Later. So, Batman in full costume mm-hmm. is being addressed by the chairman <laughs> of the city council and by the judge. Mm-hmm. And then Bruce Wayne is at the same time sitting next to Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, this is I think Haney must have screwed up here. Either he screwed up with the story he sent to the artist or like did, they've had times where pe- other people dressed up as Batman. Alfred's right. done it. Dick has done it with like stilts and stuff. That's what they needed here. But no. Yeah, you literally see from one panel to the next. Yes. That, yeah. There, it's like there's wait. He can't be in two places at once. Okay, good. I'm not crazy. <laughs> I'm not crazy. Because, yeah, and of course, if he did have someone impersonate him, you, do, you, do, you, do you know what we call that, Billy? A crime. <laughs> yeah, really, in your court, you're in a courtroom. So <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah, he needed something to happen here. Like, or, like, do the old rubber mask routine. There's somebody with a Bruce Wayne rubber mask on or something. Yeah, it's just, it's insane. It just, it, like, I read it and I'm like, yeah, somebody screwed up here. This, this does not make sense. But I, I do think, too, Haney, I, I'm glad he did this. So I do like, I think it was all the way back on page 10 I, when Batman is slumped in that chair. Gordon does say to Batman, and you let them trap you, meaning the hoods. Now the public thinks you control me that I go along with deals you make with the crooks. I'm tarred with the same brush. And I do like that Haney did that simply because there have been many issues leading up to this one where they, I wouldn't say it's, it's about making deals, but it does. Batman does kind of control Gordon. Like he's already been like, Oh, Gordon, put that guy under 24 hour surveillance. And Gordon does it. Gordon do this. And he does it, which is not, it's one thing to work with, you know, a, a vigilante crime fighter, but it's another thing to take orders from him. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. And so, and so, uh, 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 so Gordon resigns. Very yeah. well, gentlemen, you have my resignation effective right now. And that's where Bruce is all of a sudden appears. No, Commissioner, don't. Commissioner, this is crazy. Why'd you do it? And he says, loyalty, Councilman Wayne, loyalty to the man I fought beside all these years. But I guess it's a misplaced loyalty. Something's gone rotten, gone sour with the Batman. Well, I've got some years left tending my geraniums. <laughs> my gosh. Okay, wow. now, so Bruce Wayne is on the city council. Mm-hmm. So was he interrogating Batman? <laughs> <laughs> was he? 
What what was happening here, Bill? Please explain. Yeah, I think this is what's going on. There's, I think uh, Bob Haney's in the Batman suit, and that really is Bruce <laughs> Wayne questioning him. Hey, ha- Haney, uh, Aparo, and Murray Boltonoff have all appeared in the that Brave and the Bold. That is true. It's 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 possible, but <laughs> so yeah. So Bruce then uh, it says he returns home and takes from his safe a telltale newspaper fragment, and again he's staring at this. Uh, newspaper uh, thing that says he's gonna die and this and that and then the next morning brings a new nightmare and alfred the morning paper sir and it looks like he's got a uh maybe a cup of tea there and some kind of is that an egg in that insane thing there what is that yeah heart 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 it's a it's a classy way of displaying a hard-boiled egg well that's not for the for the poor i, I have no idea what that <laughs> is <laughs> Bruce is looking at a newspaper. It says, Batman discredited. Gordon resigns. Anti-crime crusade collapses. And he goes, blazes. I resigned as councilman to back up Gordon. And all it got me was threatening letters. Pack up. We're going to the country place. I must think. So he's got like a really nice looking like A-frame out here in the the country, as he calls it. A mountain lodge. In the mountain lodge. And he appears to have a a Mountie. Yeah, I mean, it's some sort of armed guard and a and a, a you know a Doberman or something. Yeah, exactly. In as a, as 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 guards because you know, um, <laughs> ay ay ay. Yeah. So Alfred's there turning on the television, and you hear somebody on the television say, "With the resignation of Commissioner Gordon and Batman gone, crime in this city has hit a new peak." And Bruce is there, and he goes, "Alfred, turn that off!" And he yells at him. I'm onto your scheme. You're trying to psych me. <laughs> and then he says, perhaps I am, sir. But while you hide here like a coward behind armed guards, the city and man you're betrayed face a dark future. And he goes, why you ungrateful? Like, what? what is he doing here? Yeah, I mean, look, just in general, strategically speaking, this, this is a bad, bad idea. Because if there is someone... Who knows? A L L all of your secrets. You know what you do with that person. You keep them on the payroll. Mm-hmm. You smooch up to you, them. <laughs> you do not fire them. Yeah. So he says, "Why you ungrateful? I can do without you in my future. As of now, you're retired. You can start collecting your pension." And then I love Alfred's line here. What does he say? I won't accept a pension from you, sir. I have my savings. Goodbye, Mr. Wayne. Slam. Alfred! Slams the door. <laughs> yeah, and then he's all like, oh, no, what did I do? Well, maybe you should have thought of that before you crap talk. The guy has been there your whole life. <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> man, oh, man. I really do like this uh, panel at the top of page 14 there, though. It's like all yellow lit up from the, the fireplace. And Bruce is yeah. sitting in the chair yep. and he has his, you know, head in his hands. And he says, what's making me behave this way? Did the slug that stunned my heart also make me heartless? Whatever <laughs> it is, I'm left alone. A discredited failure, just the as the old bit said. <laughs> and then the key is the last paragraph. Batman's final betrayal resulted in his. The rest is torn off. But the next word, it could be, it must be death. So all of this is based on an assumption of mm-hmm. what the next word in that torn off newspaper is. Oh boy. That sounds like the greatest detective to me. I don't know about you. 
Now, it does, you know, there, and he looks at the, you know, you said the date was torn, but it gave uh, April 20, Thursday, April 23rd, 19 something. Mm -hmm. And here in 1970, that could be the fact. So it could be from this year. I also did a little, little research, Bill. It could be 1981, 87, 92, or 98. All four of those other years in the future also had April a twenty third Thursday, had an April twenty third on a Thursday. So it's not a guarantee that it's <laughs> this day. It could be thirty eight years from now. If so I remember, worry about it. <laughs> if I remember, Adam Strange was pretty sure he was at least somewhat in the future, not like a couple weeks in the future. Mm hmm. Good buildings had changed. There were things that had changed. So maybe, you know, maybe if you hadn't rushed Adam off of a team-up story, maybe he could have explained that to you a little bit quicker. But I am glad that here at the bottom of page 14, mm -hmm. uh, Haney does finally remember that this is a team-up story. Yeah, finally. Batman has a thought, wait, no escape in this world, but maybe there is another world. That may be it my last chance and so not long after he is in a jungle somewhere talking to adam on ran oh, okay or i thought least, they weren't there yet or at least they may not be there yet or maybe this was the uh this is the south american rainforest where adam does his archaeological work that may oh, be yeah. it yep 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 yeah. so he so he 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 uh tracked down adam mm -hmm. who despite yeah. doing his scientific professorial work is wearing his uh, jetpack and uh, head fin outfit because look, if I had that as one of my wardrobe options, I would wear it all the time too. Yeah, really. Do you want to look like that or do you want to look like Indiana Jones? I'll take this guy. <laughs> I mean, I I hope this is the guy that was at the academic conference presenting his paper. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, Batman basically says, I want to go to Rand with you. And he says, all right, dude. So the Zeta beam zaps the two of them. And that is a really good panel there on page 15. It says, yes, it is yeah. really, really good uh, vertical panel where it says, and as the Zeta beam whisks the pair through space, will fate take a holiday or will death follow the mass man hunter even to the ends of the universe? And it's a really good shot with some asteroids and stars and things like that. I really like that panel. Yeah. Great, great stuff there. 25 trillion miles from earth. They hang out, and uh, but uh, Adam and and Alana are saying, you know, <sighs> Batman is just so troubled. Adam, it's good to see our friend Batman, but it's just awful to see him so troubled. Mm -hmm. and Batman's thinking, I just got, I just got to live here two more days, two more days. Mm -hmm. Because he goes, I won't be on Earth because that's when you know I'm supposed to die. So he's just going to hide out there, as uh, Alfred said earlier, like a coward. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, unfortunately batman wanders over to uh to sardath's lab and we have that old scientific concept here just because we can doesn't mean we should because mm -hmm. sardath has this uh time space continuum rectifier and he can look into the past and make a potential change or something as a time viewer Mm -hmm. And that is the this 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 uh, remote scanner. Just a bad idea. Bad idea. Yeah. Batman then says to him, you're really telling me that as of now, the future is inescapable. 
that I'll go back to Earth and meet my death anyway. But couldn't the old bit be wrong? And he says, uh, of course, it was written by a man and anything human can contain error. And he says, thanks for trying to cheer me up. But it's not likely the old bit was right about everything else. And so he's still down in the doldrums here. And then Adam yeah, but at, at a- this point, Sardath, super, st- super smart mega scientist could have said, or 1981, or 1987, or 1992, or 1998. Yeah. We still have not solved that little problem of it having to be this, this year. Yeah, if it would have said 1970 on it, you would be like, okay, yeah, it's, hey, it's happening in mere days. Yep. <laughs> but I love how, yeah, Adam tries to take him jetpack flying and see the wildlife, and that won't cheer him up. He has this, like, glum look on his face. And then later in Sardath's lab, Sardath is using uh, this remote scanner where he can pull like a, uh, I guess I shouldn't say their name. They'll be listening to this conversation, but <laughs> a, a nebulous government agency that, you know, spies on people. And Batman says, why, that looks like Earth, Gotham City. And he says, it is Batman. This is a remote scanner. Using the Zeta Beam trail particles as transmission waves, I can tune in on what's happening anywhere on Earth. Where would you like to eavesdrop? <laughs> wow. What? <laughs> oh, okay. Batman, hmm, how about the office of Brian T. Fassett? <laughs> and there's poor, uh, oh man, we're, we're in a bad way with poor Alfred here, aren't we? He has been, he has been brought in to the, uh, uh, to, to the, to the bad guys to figure out, uh, yeah, what's been, what's been going on. And, and now Alfred owes Big John a large sum of money in gambling losses. Because you know, he was trying to increase his savings because evidently working for the richest man in America, you know, I thought maybe I, I assumed earlier in this conversation that uh, that uh, Alfred would be set for life working for Wayne. But evidently not. Evidently, the man's been working for minimum wage all his life. Well, although he did tell uh, Bruce he to did, uh, take his he, pension and shove it. Yep. Yep. Maybe it's possible <laughs> possible he is uh, 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 regretting that little outburst. Yeah, then Batman, Jarrett, Facet works for him. And then uh, we see Facet say, that's all we, lo- uh, that's what all losers say. Oh, my client's generous. He'll give you a chance to get even. Didn't you work for Bruce Wayne, the millionaire? And Alfred says, I had that honor, sir, for many years. And he goes, isn't it true Wayne was a close friend of Batman? And Wayne set up a foundation to study crime that Batman administered? Um, and he says, you are correctly informed, sir. He goes, if you wish to get right with my client and have those losses forgiven, just testify that Batman misused those funds. <laughs> and I love which, Alfred's response. Which, well, I mean, look, based on Batman's earlier behavior in court, this isn't mm-hmm. that much of a stretch, actually. It's, no, this actually could be true. <laughs> yeah. One of the, and one of the uh, henchmen there is pointing a gun with a, uh, a silencer on it there. And he says, uh, you know, he, you know, he wants him to again get misuse the say Batman misuse funds, and he goes, and if I don't, this gorilla will retire me even from life itself. <laughs> it's gorilla. <laughs> oh, I love it. And he's like, well, I refuse. Batman's gone, yet you goons still fear him. You seek now even to destroy his name. I shall never aid in that, though it costs me my life. And uh, the guy says, stubborn old fool, take him to I I boys. Maybe he needs to hear foghorns and think it all over. And I kept thinking to myself, like, I, I, and I thought something island. I'm like, what island? But you know, we'll, we'll see that in a minute here. 
that uh, so Batman decides, yep, he needs to return to Earth. So I know I've got an appointment with death, but I've also have a rendezvous with myself, the real Batman. <laughs> yeah, nothing about Alfred there. It's like, yes, how about saving <laughs> Alfred too? <laughs> but I, uh, I, I do like the fact that he's thinking about II in terms of EYE. Could be yes. I. I mean, we saw it written out the letters I mm-hmm. as as abbreviations, which it is. He figures that out the next panel that it's Immigrant Island. But I do like the fact that you know he's playing a little bit with a visual versus you know audio, yeah, uh, 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 you know concept here. And say, well, it could be A Y E like I I like a you know like a captain you know pirate I I I I captain, or mm-hmm. it could be E Y E. What what is it? And then he figures ah. Immigrant Island, I, I. And I do love, too, uh, when he shook hands with Adam, you know, again, like the whole five panels he's in in this whole story, uh, <laughs> and saying farewell to him. Alana, she's uh, she's giving Batman the eyes there, if I'm not mistaken. Hey, now. Hey, now. <laughs> Alana's a passionate woman. That's all. Okay, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> but uh, back on Earth, desperately, the masked manhunter moves closer to his rendezvous with his own death. And again, his own death where? How does he know? He doesn't. It's not like he knows there's an address he needs to go to to fight death. And as we pointed out, he could be 11, 17, 22, or 28 years early. We still don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then he's climbing up the docks here. He's taking a rowboat somewhere that barely looks like he can fit in. His butt cheeks are like up against the the, the bow and the stern. And they're like, his feet are barely in this thing. You see that? That's crazy. That is not a bat boat. It is that not. is just whatever he found lying around, because a bat boat would be much cooler, much swifter, and would not require as much rowing. Now, like his winged namesake, Batman begins his last prowl. <laughs> Feels strange going not into action for the last time, but if this is the final show, let's make it good, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Batman doesn't say baby in Batman or Detective Comics, so. But he says it in Brave and the Bold. Mm-hmm. So enjoy. And then he goes, he, he crawls up onto the docks and he sees a pair of legs and you can clearly see a pair of legs, boots, and a machine gun. And he goes, is that him? Is this the figure of death? And I'm thinking, um, no, it's not Batman. It's, it's just a goon. It's a dude. It's a dude, yeah. And mm. uh, he does manage to kick the dude and toss him into the, in, in, right uh, in, into the harbor assuming that the guy can swim we don't know that we just we do not know that uh that uh, this this guy may have just added to batman's lifetime body count i i think he did because he kicks this guy right in the face like in the jaw and it looks like the guy's knocked unconscious and he just yeah, dumps him yeah, in the water he, yeah the, his body shape does not he, he does not appear to have much control over his uh over, over his body as he's being dumped from I'd say about twenty five feet into the harbor. Yeah. yeah, he's he's dead. He just killed that guy. <laughs> you know, maybe they'll mention it next time. Batman's in court. If that really is him, right? And <laughs> this is great too. So he goes running to you know like the the customs area, and where right. it says passports, there's a guy with a hook. He's playing like that. I know what you did last summer, guy. <laughs> swipes at Batman to try to get him, but he misses. And then Batman pulls this big sign down to his passports and slams it on his hands. And the guy drops the hook. 
But then that's it. That's all he does to the guy, and then just keeps yeah. running. Uh, Batman, what if that guy's a gun? <laughs> what if he's going to alert the other crooks? Like, you got to knock him out at least. And then he, but then he, he kicks the door in at wanting to know, is this it? Is this where death is waiting? And there's a, a hood there with a, a pistol, puts it right to the back of his head and says, easy, kid. This is as far <laughs> as you go. Last stop. And he goes, ugh. So I'm not to see you, death. And he goes, I got my orders to stop you forever. And Batman says, only hear you as a soft, leering voice in the night. He's like quivering. <laughs> and then from the shadows, a golden gloved hand comes and socks the guy with the uh, with the revolver because the true hero of the story, Adam, Adam Strange. Big surprise, old friend that came down from Rand to help. I couldn't let you face the Grim Reaper alone. Now, wait a minute. I thought the Zeta Beam only went so many hours that he could do this. <sighs> Never mind. This is a Haney story. I, I got Haney's okay. Zeta Beam <laughs> seems to be uh, on demand. It's kind of like, it's kind of, look, in the same way that, uh, you know, Haney, you know, we talked about some of the, you know, dramatic futuristic things that he predicted. Mm -hmm. uh, already, he obviously uh, predicted uh, the Uber version of the Zeta Beam. Yeah, I feel like he thinks to himself, I don't know what a Zeta Beam is other than a form of travel. Like in his Boom. mind, it's probably just like, <laughs> yeah, like, like a payphone. There's a machine on RAN that he just puts a quarter in whenever he wants and it makes him go to Earth. Oh my gosh. Yeah, insane. So, yeah, he says, uh, you know, I'm a. Uh, Hey, uh, there was no obituary in that paper for me that I'm dying today. So he's like, uh, I'd never forgive myself if I weren't by your side at this time. Let's go before we're jumped. <laughs> and the two of them uh, go and they find a, a dark hallway, but there's a light on in this one room. And uh, you can hear Alfred, you know, he's still fighting with the hoods because he won't he won't give it up. He's not having it. He won't give up and and uh, bad talk Batman. So that Batman's had enough. And and he is not going to let Adam Strange burst in there first. No, apparently not. He pushes him out of the way so he can do it and knocks a gun out of the one guy's hand and a left cross and knocks the guy out. But in the meantime, it looks like Facet is going to grab the pistol to try to shoot these guys, you know, Batman and Adam Strange. But no, don't. No, you don't, sir. And Alfred kicks him in the face and knocks him out. Thanks, Alfred. I'm glad to see you again. <laughs> okay, he's not actually crying, but you can imagine that. And I'm sure your employer, Bruce Wayne, will be too. And actually, you know, Alfred's crying, actually. My pleasure, sir. I shall be happy to see and serve him again also. <laughs> oh, ain't that sweet? His eyes are watering. And I'm sure behind the mask, so are Batman's. Mm -hmm. And Adam says, Batman, do you realize it's finished and you're alive? The old bit, it must have been wrong. And he goes, I was thinking about that, Adam. The last line in that newspaper story must have meant something else than what I thought. I figured the next word was death, but it might have said a lot of things, Adam, like resulted in his rescue of Bruce Wayne's butler and the exposure of the men behind the syndicate. I'm like, oh, now you think of that. That wasn't an option before for like the last like two weeks. But now it is because you punched a few people. And again, to give Haney credit, this was the theme of every sitcom ever. Mm hmm all based on a little misunderstanding. And if we'd communicated earlier in 
earlier on page three, we wouldn't be here on page 23. So I guess we needed that miscommunication. Mm-hmm. And they're or walking. We wouldn't have a story. And I like how they're walking out of the building. And uh, Adam says, that sign, left over from the immigration days, it makes a fitting model to your whole adventure with the OBIP. And he says, yes, Adam, it's a fantastic sense of relief. I guess I wasn't meant to die this day after all. And it says, exit to a new life. Good luck on the building. <laughs> mm, great stuff. But there's a Zeta beam waiting. So uh, Adam's got to get out of here. So he gets, you know, a whopping two more panels here. <laughs> Unbelievable. Mm. Unbelievable. And mm-hmm. then um, you know, Gordon gets reinstated. Mm-hmm. We see that, uh, which I don't think would necessarily be how it would work. There would have to be some contractual things going on here. Uh, we don't know if he loses his time of service for his pension. Does he get busted back down to beat cop? We don't, we, we don't know any of these questions. And mm-hmm. then we get the strangest denouement, these two panels at the end. Yeah, this is bizarre. So... Haney, he he has a panel at the bottom, and the caption box says, Truly no man may know fate's plan for him, not even Batman. But let's skip to a certain day in the future, years from now, in the Gotham City Library, as a man peruses a recent newspaper. And we see a dude sitting at a, a table in the library with a desk lamp on, and he says, The book I'm doing on Batman's career, I've researched everything but his final adventure. And then the guy thinks to himself, So that's how he met his end. Who would believe it? <laughs> It's like, what? This is insane. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I wonder if that guy is supposed to be somebody, though, because you know how it is a lot of times. Yes, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that, uh, yeah, that, that, that character is so well defined, so specific. Mm-hmm. It has to be someone in the DC bullpen or someone at Ross Andrew knows. It has to, it has to, it has to be a reference to someone. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was thinking, because I don't know. I, I haven't seen pictures of literally every, you know, prominent comic book uh, creator yeah. all over the years. Maybe that's what uh, Ross Andrew or Mike Esposito looked like. I don't yeah. know, but I did yeah. think it was funny. I thought, well, I'm sure that was some kind of in-joke, right? <laughs> yeah, because we're, you know, and obviously we've jumped into the far future, um, mm-hmm. a far future after an EMP pulse or some other calamity, because he's looking this up in paper encyclopedias in a library. Yeah, he didn't have the wherewithal to think so of computers. He <laughs> has to be far enough in the future that we're we're back. We're 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 back to uh, 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 printing and and bound uh, bound paper material. Well, at least people are still wearing bow ties, though, right? See, exact true. <laughs> but those things come back. Those always come back. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, it's all cyclical. <laughs> There will never be another Bob Haney. So not all things are cyclical, I guess. Man, oh, man. <laughs> wow. Crazy, isn't it? What would you think of this one overall? Crazy, but a lot of fun, wasn't it? <laughs> it was crazy. Half the time, I thought, this is too crazy. There were parts. Uh, look, I picked it because it has Adam Strange, and it doesn't have much Adam Strange. So <laughs> we're sorry about that. I'm going to have to get over that. But for what it is, it is, it is a wild trip. I'm not saying... One of the things we we uh, made a, a a distinction between uh, over on uh, relatively geeky a couple times between something being good and something being awesome, and I'm not sure that this is good, but it's awesome. <laughs> if you know what I mean, right? It does not hold together. It makes no sense, but man, is it a read! 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, no matter how crazy. Not sure it's good, but it is awesome. Yeah, I always have a good time. It, no matter if the plot, there's plot holes in it, you know, like there are potholes in the state I live in. <laughs> that it, no matter, it doesn't matter if there's certain things that never get, you know, loose ends that never get sewn up. Every time I finish, it's always fun. I always had fun reading it. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we didn't talk a lot about Andrew and Esposito. But to me, you know, those guys are workhorses, professional, mm-hmm. solid artists. But yeah. I got to say, they ain't Jim Apparel. They're good. No. They're good for what they do, but Haney and Apparel is the team. That's the team you want yeah. to see. Yeah, when, when Apparel comes aboard, his visual storytelling is a lot more moody, a lot darker. Yeah. So there are still crazy scenarios and dialogue from Haney that that does not go away. But, you know, this story, you know, a lot of the artwork, I, I hate to use the word cartoony, but it's it's a little more like little, that yeah. than, than what you get from apparel. Yeah, I, 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 I like the coloring. I like the moodiness of those scenes as he was, you know, tossing the guy into the harbor and all that. You know, those couple those couple of pages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All, all, on on the island, I, I thought th- those looked appropriately moody. Yes, yes, yeah, especially when he killed Obviously that guy. Obviously some solid work there. <laughs> yeah, that was the highlight. <laughs> he threw a guy off a pier. It was probably unconscious. Yeah, way to go, pal. <laughs> but yeah, overall, tons of fun. It's just so fun it's to crazy. read these. And crazy. It's always even more fun to not only read them, but then talk to a good friend about them. Oh, so, my lands. Thank you, my friend. This was a lot of fun here. I really appreciate this. Uh, really had a good time here. And, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to keep our eyes open for maybe an appearance of somebody else you like that actually does show up and do a lot of stuff in this book. You know, that that is the danger, but that is my trick over on the quarter bin. I pick the book before I read it. So you, you never know what you're going to get. It's not that you just pick your favorites. You pick, you they're selected, then you read them, then you have to cover them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I would say uh, with a resounding yes, this book was worth 15 cents, you know, <laughs> <laughs> every day of the week. <laughs> mm. So, all right, my friend. Well, we're going to wrap up here now. But uh, if anybody is uh, looking to find you, to follow you, to listen to your exploits, uh, where might they do that? Well, thank you, Billy. Always appreciate the invitation. Uh, most of our work, comic book related, that can be found at the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network includes, of course, Doomspeak, but also the Quarterbin Podcast, Comics Reading Journal, and other stuff. I also do want to give a shout out to a podcast that I've been guesting on for this uh, season of the show, and that is Batman Books, The Dark Knight in Prose, which covers books about Batman that don't have pictures. I know Billy. I was surprised when I learned they existed, too. (laughs) I have one. I own one. I cannot recall the name of it, but I actually thought it was really good. And it's more about the question. But Batman's in there, the question, Mm, Richard Dragon. I can't remember the name. Oh, I know that one. I I think I've seen that one. I think I've seen that one. It's excellent. I think Danny uh, O'Neill wrote it. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, the, uh, The one we're currently doing, Lane and I, are doing a fascinating book, The Forensic Files of Batman, written by Doug Mensch. So give that that a listen. Batman Books, The Dark Knight in Prose. Hmm. 
Fantastic. And then, like you said, you're a relatively geeky network on all the uh, podcatchers out there. And then absolutely. What about uh, uh, your presence uh, on the uh, socials? Relatively underscore geek on Twitter or at Professor Allen. And that is spelled A-L-A-N. That is how you find me. Fantastic. So thank you once again for being here, sir. This was a treat. Uh, We will have to brainstorm about something down the road when you uh, have some time. I know summers are usually, if you're not traveling, a little bit easier than uh, the the school semesters. So we will will have to uh, see if the stars will align to make this happen again. Always good to be here. All right. Thank you, my friend. Uh, I'm going to jump out of here now and then uh, close out the show.